Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women. And if you go out for a walk, remember to get beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading A Walk to Remember by Nicholas Sparks. And I'm starting with the beer. Partway through the book, the main character, Landon, is asked to be in a play. So would you say he... Got caught in the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> this is Got Caught in the Spotlight, uh, DDH IPA by Single Cut. Also, in the beginning, he was definitely losing his religion. Oh, God. And also probably short on REM sleep. Oh, my God. He's Got Caught in the Spotlight, an REM song. It's a lyric from Losing Your Religion. Both Which of my beers are also about the play. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is not. Well, how is this one, Nate? Well, it's uh, it's an IPA, yeah. Six point eight percent alcohol. It's a, it's a nice IPA. Another ringing endorsement from the Drunk Guys Book Club. This tastes like beer. So we're reading a walk to remember, which was our Patreon selected poll winner. We'll thank those patrons in a moment. It's a Nicholas Sparks novel from nineteen ninety nine. It takes place in nineteen fifty eight, North Carolina. I forgot the name of the town. Beaumont. Is it Beaumont. Beaufort or something like that? Beaufort, Beaumont, Beau something. I don't know if that's even a real place. I don't give a fuck. Probably not. But it was like the tiniest little town, and it was, you know, leave it to beaver-like view of 1950s America, and this town in North Carolina had exactly zero black people in it. And well, That was by design. Yeah. But it had an inordinate amount of orphans. I had questions you about know, that. You know, like there's yes. an orphanage. They had one like elementary school and orphans. a whole orphanage. <laughs> But it's like, it's like a decade and a half after the war, so it's not like they're all, like, where are these orphans coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was like 19, 1868, it would have made more sense, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, got, I had questions about that. I think it was just to make the other character more saint, saint-like. Yeah. It's, it's one of Nicholas Sparks' earlier books, and one of the first to get turned into a movie, actually, too. And it, star, it stars... It, starts with Landon, who is a son of a senator or a representative? Congressman. Congressman. Okay, that's that's one of those two things. So that's a representative, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, they live in this idyllic town. And he's kind of just like a shithead. Like, he doesn't really care about anything. He's not a dick kid. He's an underachiever. Yeah, he's not a bully like they make him in the movie. But he's not, you know, a very good kid. He's just kind of coasting. And... Um, also, the movie does not take place in 1958, right? No, I, I know, I know the movie very well. We'll talk about that. So, okay. <laughs> um, I, I remember I, reading it I like, I don't remember this happening in 1958 because I've only ever seen the movie. Uh, uh, this is my second time reading the book, and I've seen the movie. Not not exaggerating, at least 75 times. <laughs> How many more times? I could always watch it more times. <laughs> many, many more times. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> He's he's in this town and um he's he's kind of like trying to figure out what to do and his father's like, You should run for class president and then he wins and he goes through the scene, he's like, Well, what are my chances? And he's like it's very dated. It's like, Well, that kid running is an uggo and that girl has a hair lip or like it's just like something no, no. wrong. One, with one each guy kid. was one guy was a nerd and the girl got fat over summer, so no boys are going to vote for her. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I know I'll get at least the football team to vote for me, and that's enough right there to win. It was the football team and the football team's girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he becomes class president, and with that he has to do like a bunch of bullshit, like help out at the, at the, um, the fucking dance. homecoming dance, when all he really wants to do is sit in a graveyard and eat boiled peanuts... Which yeah, this is what he does. Was like, oh, what really? This this doesn't beat eating boiled peanuts in a graveyard. Which maybe that's like a really dated term for like when a congressman meets a man in an airport bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's boiled D's nuts. <laughs> that's where you like you knock on the door. Like I could like I could go for some boiled peanuts if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Only in Minneapolis. <laughs> Um, well, we, we, there's a whole bunch that happens before that. You know, they introduce all the important characters. Of course. Like the, the minister in town. Hegbert. Uh, Hegbert, <laughs> who is the local, you know, firebrand preacher. 
who hates fornicators, and he doesn't say it, but definitely Jews. And, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And they talk about he, he married a young lady who had six miscarriages, and then she dies in childbirth. Lucky number seven. Yeah. God really did not want this man to procreate, but he kept trying. He kept and, fornicating. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the girl that was birthed from that is Jamie, the local good Christian girl, minister's daughter. Every year they put on this big Christmas play because originally that the preacher rewrote, wrote. Yeah, he wrote it because he originally rewrote a Christmas carol because it didn't have enough Jesus in it and no one liked that. So he wrote his own play that the senior class at high school puts on every year. And this year, his daughter Jamie will be the lead. Separation of church and state. Yeah. Not in the 1950s North Carolina or 19. 19- 60s or 2020s North Carolina. This play that he writes, it sounds like shit. It sounds terrible. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I was thinking it was like the like, boulderized version of It's a Wonderful Life is basically what he produces. Hmm. Or maybe you can call it The Hound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I fucking saw that one. About how could I do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great can. Oh, yeah. It is uh, the Hound of Music double double tryhound IPA. <laughs> I did not KC- see that. Damn it! From KCPC, it's like a basset hound in like a dress in a field <laughs> with like a big fire hydrant coming up a mountain <laughs> and another mountain <laughs> made of tennis balls. <laughs> it is a double dry hopped IPA with citrus mosaic strata and cashmere hops, coming in at a modest seven point two percent alcohol. That's very nice. It has like a kind of very like light for when I hear double. No, it's a double dry hopped IPA, not a double IPA. I might have misspoke a moment ago. It's good. It is more fla- f- fragrant than flavorful. If that makes sense. Mm. You know, like it's kind that of that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know body. why, but whatever. So they're making this shitty play. It's called like the Christmas Angel or something. Yeah, it's a Lifetime movie happening inside this Lifetime movie that is a book. Yes, Life- <laughs> Lifetime Inception. Yeah. It's, it's like, like the it's Lifetime the, it's version. It's the Terrence and Philip okay. of Lifetime. Because <laughs> Terrence and Philip on South Park was a parody of South Park. Because all okay. they did was fart jokes. <laughs> so that was it. All they did was sit there and fart. And that was that. And Trey Parker Madstone came up with that because that's <laughs> the critics were saying their show was. It's pretty pretty accurate criticism of those early seasons of South Park. Oh, yeah. But they're going to do this play. And uh, oh, he also for, takes the class, like drama class, because he's a senior. Easy. He's like, let me take that easy class where I'll just sit around and do nothing, like every dope thinks at the start of every high school movie, and <laughs> he thinks he'll just sit there and not have to work. But then uh, he eventually is going to get roped into being in the play, of course. But he's also pleased to see that all the class is ladies. Including the behemoth teacher that he constantly talks about. Well, he, the only way he describes her is how she's never going to get married because she's so ugly, and is this big fat moose. Like he's a. I mean, it's maybe it's an accurate representation of a teenage boy, but he's he's kind of a dick about every girl he looks at. Every <laughs> girl was like, I would totally bang that chick, but she's got a glass eye and it creeps me out, and I can't look at her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's a stereotype of the 50s that everyone was like way more superficial, but it's probably true to some degree. It has not changed that much. <laughs> but there's just, there wasn't like anything else for them to talk about. There was no TikTok yet. So he's just, ah, oh, ugly. Ah, put on weight. Ah, tiggle bitties, whatever he says. He's just, well, this is the class where he sees that he's in the class with Jamie. And she's like, oh, I've known her forever. She was always that, you know, frumpy minister's daughter who wore a sweater and the same dress every day. But then she turns around and she's got boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, like, I didn't what? notice those before. <laughs> the Lord, the Lord giveth. <laughs> but we'll and find taketh the Lord away. taketh away. Oh, yeah. He does. <laughs> because, you know, Jamie. Is a nice girl, but she's kind of an outcast. She, uh, and not in the cool way, like Andre 3000 way, ice cold. She kind of does her own thing. She sits around reading the Bible. She carries around the Bible with her all the time. 
everybody else is going uh, out on the town eating boiled peanuts in the graveyard. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, she's not even going to go to Cecil's Diner for some hush puppies, hush puppies <laughs> and a, uh, a root beer float or maybe a ice creamy white chocolate tangerine. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Dang. It's uh, a double India pale ale brewed with cocoa nibs, white chocolate, tangerine, and milk sugar. So it's like a orange soda ice cream drink. And if this isn't the most incredible thing in the world, I'm going to kill somebody. You know, the easy joke to make here is that white chocolate is my nickname, but actually tangerine and milk sugar is what they used to call me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those like badly translated children's toy knockoff brands. <laughs> Ooh, this is a... You get in the, I get the bitter part of the tangerine. <laughs> the rind. No, this is from, uh, from Omnipoyo, our <laughs> resident Swedish meatball-loving... Chicken uh, enthusiasts. Chicken enthusiasts, yeah. All chicken. All things are chicken. It's pretty good. It's not an orange soda uh, uh, ice cream float, which uh, probably would have just caused me to hemorrhage with joy. So maybe it's a good thing. But it's still pretty good. I like it. It is. It's definitely a bitter orange. Well, you know what would make us hemorrhage with joy? <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, and head over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub. You can become a supporter, get early access to episodes. Maybe you're listening to this episode right now early, thinking that was a smart investment. <laughs> or you're a time traveler. <laughs> Sorcery. Uh, tell us when we get cirrhosis so we could stop drinking in time. Your podcast app is two weeks into the future, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> uh, early access to episodes, of course, exclusive content, merch stuff. Uh, join us for our live episodes. So there is a live episode tomorrow. Yeah. Wednesday. Tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. But you, you have to be a patron. sign up today, even though you haven't paid yet, you can join. And if you cancel after that, We'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take you for a walk you don't remember in the woods <laughs> to a shallow grave. Not technically, of course. This is all metaphorical language, but if you Allegedly. Want to, you're alleg- <laughs> if you say so, allegedly, it makes it okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to do that, uh, you, you, know, you could do that. But you can also get, most importantly, besides voting in the book poll that selected this book for the month, you get shouted out in our book poll episodes. So I need to thank those fine patrons. In no particular order, thank you to David, Derek, Carol, Sarah, Nick, Joseph, Joe King, Jeff, Titties Bay, found out what that means, Tracy, the esteemed father of Moby Dick, Papa Boner, <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, oh boy, this I have to expand her screen. <laughs> The last... Oh, my God. <laughs> Nate, you look like you're in pain. Have you seen these, Nate? No, I haven't like seen, I I haven't just seen now. them. <laughs> the last surviving 9-11 rescue dog was euthanized on June 6th, 2016. <laughs> and on June 7th, 2016, Nate took her virginity. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) Okay. Oh god damn it. (laughs) Woke liberals go too far. How am I supposed to hashtag believe women when I just don't think Nate would have done all those things? I also want to thank Anita Tolek, Barry, Julian, Barry, York Hawk, and me. Mm. I'd rather t- <laughs> I'd rather take a boat ride with Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken than look through Nate's browser history. <laughs> it's a nice Natalie Wood uh, drowning joke. <laughs> Russell, Tyler, Grace, Catherine, 
Alpha Kenny boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> Not anyone. <laughs> Steven Nick, uh, man love book review fan. <laughs> what is, what's happening what? people? What, what have we done to people's brains? <laughs> Don't be such a baby cry. <laughs> Joe P, Crab, Michael, Daniel, Existentialist Watermelon, Hayden, Smile and Bend Over Now, Emotional Support Burrito, NCL. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, patron. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> All of you. Uh, apparently, you also mean fuck those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. This well, might be the stupidest running joke on the internet. <laughs> that Nate fucks dead dogs now? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know where they know that. I've known Nate for a while now. I had no idea. <sighs> so, back to this book. <laughs> There's so much book left. Oh. Well, he asked her to the dance, right? The Landon, Landon has to like Landon has to go to the dance, which means he has to ask a girl to the dance, and he realizes that nobody likes him, and there's nobody left, and he's he goes home. He re, he's in a panic. He goes home and looks at the yearbook, and it's like, who is there? Oh my god, who is still left? And he's like, oh, that Jamie girl, she probably doesn't have a date for the dance with the fresh bazongas. She might be ripe, but he goes through like every girl. He asks other girls. Like she's literally his last, last choice. Which again, I think was a plot device in several nineteen eighties high school movies. Everything about the, every element of this book is extremely cliche. I wrote or will write in my review that it should have been titled <laughs> "A Cliche to Remember," except it's yeah. not actually that memorable. It just, all these things, like, oh, there were no other girls to ask, so I had to ask her. So he goes to her house and is like, hey, how's it going? Uh, he runs to her house, and he's sweating profusely. She's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, sometimes I just sweat a lot. He was afraid someone else would get there first. The other, yeah. even bigger loser, would get there first and ask the treasurer. her. And then he would uh, really have nobody. So... He goes to her house and asks her to go to the the dance with him, and she says yes, but on one condition: don't fall in love with me, Landon. Oh, that's he's like, right. He's yeah. like, um, all right, yeah, cool. Maybe just hand stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> so you never. Do we? We? You should have mentioned the. I should have said the start. This book is a flashback. You know, it's him remembering something. He's There's the tiniest of frames. It's 40 years later, so it's roughly the time when the book was published, and now he's a man in his later 50s, and he's thinking back to the time his life changed. That's, how, like, that's like the first line of the book. When I was 17, my life changed. And you're like, the first time through, you're like, yeah, I know, we all got pubes, dude. But then <laughs> the, uh, you know, later on, you realize... By later on, I mean about three more paragraphs in, you realize what it is that he's talking about. It's hard hard to have read this book knowing the plot from the movie and from just, you know, standard pop culture. I had never seen the movie, and I knew the plot, right? No, no, I didn't. What a surprise Nate hadn't seen the movie. Oh, my goodness. Did you guess it? I mean, he was laying it on pretty thick. It's very thick. I did Earth not, even. I didn't guess it, actually. I mean, they, they don't really guess, they don't, they don't really hint at, like, what it is, uh, you know, that she's going to die, because everyone's seen this fucking movie, or read the book now, or knows the plot. But they, he keeps saying throughout, like, that would make more sense to me later, when I learned her secret, or she uh, the thing she said would... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very different book. Yeah, I'm she kept telling me about okay. her favorite biblical passage, the semen and the mount. I was like, I don't think that's what it's <laughs> called. She's like, I'm going to mount you, all right. It would make sense later. There's a, there's a few lines in this that I was just like, what? Uh, it was like when he says, "Now I liked the Bible as much as the next teenage boy, but Jamie seemed to enjoy it in a way that was completely foreign to me." And I had to think, how much does the next teenage boy like the Bible? He liked it as much as the 45th president of the United States liked it when he said it was his favorite book. You know, two <laughs> Corinthians? Um, that's, that was the original title of Two Princes. 
Ooh, it's yeah. two Corinthians. That's the uh, the G, the uh, Christian rock cover. Yes. <laughs> One, two Corinthians here before you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Now. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> so they go to the dance. And uh, she's having a great time because she's never had fun before. No, um, I wasn't well, sure. They have the are thing. they having alcohol? Because like he keeps talking about. Well, I had to stop her, her having boyfriend. Her ex girlfriend, no, Landon's ex girlfriend shows up, Angela, and her boyfriend, the greaser, shows Ooh. up with his cigarette pack rolled up in his shirt sleeves and his. Yeah. Greasy hair, and even though I'm sure they didn't allow Dago name, and yeah, <laughs> and he he's like he's the 20 year old mechanic. He's like that's he, she's still in high school. That's questionable. And he spikes the drink, and his ex girlfriend gets hammered on two glasses of punch because this is a you know they're children, and this is a Nicholas Sparks novel, and she ends up puking like like the Exorcist level amount all over the bathroom, and. Jamie and Landon clean it up. And Jamie's like, I'm having a ball. And he's like, well, not yet, but we're going to clean this up. And uh, then they, like every dream, girl's dream first date, uh, they drive his ex-girlfriend home and then her. And she's like, thanks, man. Jamie now also prevents him from about. getting beaten up by said greaser. Oh, yeah. With her inane questions, like, I think this girl isn't right. I should just go. She's been she's been touched by the Lord. Like, it's because she uh, she helped his grandmother bring groceries into her house, and she saw his picture upon the mantel place. For a second, I was hoping, even though I knew what was going to happen, I, I was just hoping I would misremembered, and it was going to turn into she would just like solve mysteries in the town through her stupid <laughs> knowledge of with grandmothers. The power of, with the power of Jesus, <laughs> she'd be like. You know, he couldn't have been the one that stole that pie because I was helping her <laughs> unload her groceries at the time. <laughs> uh, not quite what happens, but, but yeah. But then at the end of the dance, reflecting on it, Landon's like, huh, I guess that was a good date. And it's a thing that happens throughout the book that I just can't wait till the end to say that it feels, you said he's leaning on thick, it feels like a young adult novel when he's just like, says shit like, Sometimes, I guess, doing the right thing just feels right. You know, he just says really <laughs> over-the-top stupid shit like that at the end of basically every chapter. Well, he also had these... He kept repeating, if you know what I mean, after very straightforward sentences. I wrote them down. Uh, <laughs> ministers aren't in it for the money. They're in it for the long haul, if you know what I mean. Like, yes. I know exactly what you mean. I wasn't that bad at math, is, but it didn't come naturally to me, if you know what I mean. Is this like the fortune yeah, cookie thing where you're supposed to add in bed after it instead? Yeah, I was like, I don't think he knows. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's dumbed down. Or maybe maybe he's dumb, and it's like a character thing, but I don't think Nicholas Barsh is good enough a writer to make him uh, that level of character development where his narration makes him stupid. Maybe it was just all those goddamn boiled peanuts, you know? <laughs> He got like arsenic poisoning from some weird peanuts and he can't think good anymore. After the dance and that, and Jamie is like, you know, I had a really nice time. And Landon is like, really? Okay. (laughs) We cleaned up all the puke. You're covered in puke. Uh, She asks Landon to be in the play because they're putting on the, the Christmas angel or whatever it's called again and this time jamie is going to be in it she's going to be the angel and i don't remember what happens in the plot because they I don't really, really ever say the plot is basically the story of the fucking preacher's life like the man has lost his wife or something oh yes and that's right the angel comes on christmas to help him com- you know complete errands and then he learns the meaning of Christmas or something like that. But this is the first time Jamie is looking really nice, that her hair is not in a tight librarian's bun. And she's she not gets, wearing... She's all vatted. Yeah, which, uh, which also happens in the movie. Um, yeah. And Landon realizes, man, she's got a star face. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, she's starring in this play. She's, 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 she's looking all hot and shit. It's the first time she's ever worn makeup. This is called Starface. 
a double IPA from KCBC. And it is a double dry hopped, double IPA with Citra Galaxy Strata and Nelson Selvin hops at 8.8% alcohol. That's really good. It tastes a hell of a lot better than Terminal Illness, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, well, sure. I wouldn't say it tastes better than the Fornicatin', but it's pretty good. <laughs> That's why I got this Leukemia DD hop. Nate, you were going to tell us about the play? So, Jamie asks, because it sounds like really Jamie's putting on the play, which I think she kind of is, and asks Landon to be in it, be the other lead. And Landon is like, okay. I thought you cast the guy with, like, the stutter. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but I feel like you do it well, and he's not really interested. And then when they tell him, that guy's like, thank fucking God. So Landon is in the play and has to do all the rehearsals and, you know, all the stuff that goes into doing a play. But he's also afraid that if everyone else in school sees that he's hanging out with a loser like Jamie, that they'll make fun of him. So he's very self-conscious about it. Except he's also walking her home in the afternoons and, you know, forming a connection. Mm. And it was all just another fucking cliche after cliche after cliche. But then eventually the uh, somebody drives uh, the fucking bully Dude, that's friends. That is that Landon Eric, is friends Eric, with his best friend, Eric, yep. and his girlfriend. Who he's continue, every time they mention her says, "The cheerleader who was dumb." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was the football star. I mean, his friend that is was was the like star, star quarterback, and she was the cheerleader. And anyway, she drives by, and they like basically make fun of him, and he's uh, very self conscious. And when they leave, he goes. We're not friends. I didn't want to do this, and I hate you. And he doesn't quite say that, but he basically says, "You're you're stupid." I don't know. You're a poopy head. Well, that he <laughs> that that day he <laughs> freaked out that one. because they were moving all the sets around on stage, and he kept banging his hands on things, and they hurt, and so his hands hurt, and so he told her that she sucked, which, ironically, she would not do. No, she would not. And that's why she sucked. It's a recursive, terrible cycle <laughs> of, they of, not, of like both sucking and not sucking. It's a paradox. <laughs> so eventually they make up, and she's, she comes to see him at the diner where everybody's hanging out, and he's smoking cigarettes. I mean, eating boiled peanuts. And uh, she's like, oh, we got to learn the play. You got to learn your lines. And Eric and uh, the dumb cheerleader are there, and they're like... Landon was just saying that you guys should do the play for the orphans. And she's like, what? That's such a great idea. And he said, yeah, I think I thought that was my idea. And he's like, yeah, he's going to love it. And then they go and tell the guy, and he's like, you can't do that. They're orphans. It's about having a dad. It's it's about somebody saving. It's about somebody saving you. And somebody, and like these are orphans that when they turn 12 or something, they get, you know, put down. So <laughs> they, put, they get put in the coal mines. <laughs> so he's like, they get the little would, tiny bits of coal. They go to the <laughs> chain gang. <laughs> it, would fu- it would be fucked up to do to these children to give them their own private view of the thing that will never happen to them. And they're like, oh, hmm. They don't mention right. anyone getting adopted. These are just kids that will always be orphans. <laughs> Yeah, like they're just like one step away from selling newspapers in the thirties, like, like newsies children. Or <laughs> just being lost boys. <laughs> Constantly have like dirty faces. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Wearing a big pajama onesie. A little news cap. But uh so Read all instead, about it. We're alone. So they're practicing for the play and Jamie keeps saying, you know, I really need this year to be pretty good, dude. And he's like, the That's a weird thing to say again. Ever. You know, this play has got to be the best time we do the play. It's the most important play there's ever going to be. And it's the best Christmas for the orphans. And it's got to be the best ever. And also, she says around this time what her one dream is in life. And he's like, what is that? And she's like, I just want to get married and have everybody there. He's like, that's fucking dumb. Honestly, though, that's the same dream as every other girl in that school in 1958. That's true. Yeah, like, a, it's that is 1958, true. small town North Carolina. That was not an uncommon dream for girls. I mean, most probably aren't going to go to college. That one that put on 20 pounds was definitely dreaming for it. Well, she was she was going to go to college. 
Oh, he implied, you know, she's a she's the nerd. She's like the nerd, she's and she's going to more. No one's going to date her, so she better become a librarian or something. You, you better know? like go have good luck at Sarah Lawrence there. Some girl who can read. <laughs> How are you going to make a home? You've only been making sandwiches <laughs> for yourself. <laughs> All right, what the fuck were you talking about? <laughs> so okay, and then the play happens that like the and then but because and it's she's a play, even hotter. she's dressed. She has her hair down, and oh my god, she's so beautiful. And he has so a line in the play that says, "You're so beautiful," and says it, and it's like, oh, I guess I I wasn't I didn't have to act that time. And then the play goes well, and then. Uh, after the play goes well, and I was like, yay, great. And then Jamie is like, okay, remember how you told me we weren't friends and were an asshole to me? Well, here's how you can make it up. Go around town and collect all the jars at all the places that I put out, in the, at all the like uh, establishments and restaurants that people are supposed to donate to the orphans. Go out and collect them because you have a car. And if you go collect them, it'll it'll be way faster, and then we'll collect all the money. And so it's, you know, because Christmas is coming out. Because it has to be the best Christmas. Yeah, because it has to be the best Christmas. <laughs> I need all so, that orphan money. So he goes, and he collects all the jars, except it actually still takes days. Because uh, he has to, like, kind of talk to everybody, because it's a small town, and you kind of, like, know people. Anyway, he collects, and he gets, and he sees that there's only, like, $20. It was, there's, like... 50 bucks or something like that. 55 It was very little, considering there were like 60 jars, and And he ended up with... Months. And and they've been out for almost a year, and and he came back with less than $60 in donations for a whole year for the orphans. that was probably like $10,000, though, so... (laughs) But he's also... He also said that as dick kids would throw other things into the jars that sounded like money... You throw like paper clips and slugs. Slugs, which don't sound like money. I don't know what kind of that's a real thing. A slug is like a a, it's like a blank of a coin that you used to be able to use to fool a meter or a payphone. I thought he actually meant like like, (laughs) good thing I got a pocket of slugs. (laughs) (laughs) Like like a like a bullet thing or an actual slug. Insects, yeah. yeah. Don't put salt on it. (laughs) I was like, that doesn't sound like coins at all. No, he's talking so about like those discs he, he, that look like... <laughs> he collects all the money, and it's like there's almost none. He's like, oh, no. Jamie's going to be so mad, or she's going to be so sad that we didn't collect enough money. So the next day, he's like, let's let's count it together. He pretends he doesn't know, and she counts it, and it's like, there's $250 here. This is amazing, because obviously he included his own money or put in his own money. Because his family's it's like rich. that. Uh, oh yeah, They're, they they have old family money because their grandfather is basically I mean, a robber old. baron. <laughs> yeah, just one generation really. He was Joe Kennedy. Is who he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a bootlegging, you know, union hustler guy. Like you know, with the mobs and like. He was... died on his yacht with his mistress in the islands. Yeah. He's he's like that guy with that, that South African book where the guy had got dementia and was just thinking about the time he was in a helicopter with hookers. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what happens to the grandfather. And he's like, I wish I could tell you he regretted it, but nope, not for a fucking second. Nope, and uh, and there is no God, so good for him. <laughs> so he he takes out his life savings of a hundred and eighty-two bucks. Well, they said his parents are very rich, but they keep him on a strict allowance. But it's still an exorbitant amount of money for a child in 1958. That's like two million man hours of delivering newspapers in 1958. <laughs> oh shucks, that's a lot of newspapers. <laughs> and uh, gee whiz, yeah. golly, <laughs> oh boy, that was a real thinking, you know, that, that's a, If he had to put 250 dollars in those jars, did he get it all in coins? <laughs> yeah, he like he must have went to the bank and just cashed in for quarters. Because he said it was mostly that, pennies, and then the, when they the talk about counting, like, he's like, "We had all the stacks of penny of quarters and nickel dimes." Like he just saying that that scene in Blazing Saddles was like, "Oh, I got to go. Well, someone got to go back and get a shitload of dimes." <laughs> shitload of the, the, the toll booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell, anybody got a dime? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> that. <laughs> but then she goes and she buys the best presents for the orphans, and he buys her a present, 
which is a new sweater. <laughs> a less frumpy sweater. And she gives him her Bible. Which her had, mom's Which had Bible. been her mom's who died in childbirth's Bible. That she and carries he does not see that as a sign of something important. <laughs> That's like textbook suicidal behavior is when you give away the written, shit that you they have. They hadn't written that textbook yet. But still, <laughs> like, you're like, what? Aren't you going to need this? <laughs> like, well, yeah. She's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the sequel. Like, when, <laughs> I, uh, I already read it. <laughs> yeah, I got like the I Book of Mormon? Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the real one. Apparently, the, the, the Q-Ran? I don't know what they call it. But <laughs> Ridiculous. And he's like, wow, thanks. And then he doesn't read it for a while. <laughs> well, he does. They, they get into, like, Bible study together. He read the story about. Uh, I read this recently. The 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 book. He gets he gets hung up on like the laws section because there are a bunch of dumb ones and like the Psalms. And one of the laws in the Bible is like, if two men are fighting, and the his, woman, the man's wife runs in to break up the fight, and her hand touches the attacker's penis, you have to cut off her hand. It's like, what happened that they had to write that down? <laughs> How often was that a scenario? <laughs> God, it must damn have it, happened Rebecca. enough. <laughs> he wasn't even hard this time. How? I just, I just brought, I just brushed it. I didn't even. I'm. I was. It was the heat of the battle. It was, it, things were flying everywhere, and I just gave it and tugged it for two and a half minutes, and he came on me. I, I don't even know how. I was defending you. It was for your on. Uh, please, the Lord told me to. <laughs> So he reads the Bible and he enjoys that scene. He's like, oh, there's got some other cool stuff in here. It's <laughs> a good amount of fornicating in this book. <laughs> but uh, so they have a good orphan Christmas. And, um, and <laughs> you know, such as it is, you know, they did the best they could. And then they, uh, he invites her over to dinner at his place. And her mom's like, his mom is like, she sure is nice, and his dad's not around because he's only in the in the book for uh, plot reasons at the beginning to make him a president, and at the end uh, for other reasons. He's not even home for Christmas because he's always away doing congressman stuff and banging other ladies, most assuredly. Absolutely, because he's 1958's congressman. <laughs> he could potentially then, have been developing attending cross burnings, though. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I mean you gotta <laughs> you gotta keep up with the constituents. Those are, those are town meetings. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do the voters want? You know. <laughs> They really want one thing. Um, (laughs) And so he realizes, like, this chick's pretty cool, and it's cool that she's got jahoobies now. So uh, I'm going to go over to her house, and then they have a kiss to remember. They don't use those words, but it's implied. (laughs) Should have just done that for everything in the book. Then they have a meal to remember. (laughs) They have an orphan performance to to remember. remember. (laughs) A rubber band around his wrist to remember. What? Oh. <laughs> now, what the fuck was that for again? God damn it. That's what the other rubber band is for. <laughs> then he invites her out to go to a fancy dinner on New Year's Eve at Flauvin's or something like that it was called. The yeah, local the steakhouse. The fanciest restaurant in town. The and town of restaurant. 11 people. And yeah, the town nine, nine of them are orphans. A full-size orphanage. <laughs> And a fancy wrist restaurant, and several mansions, and a congressman. And they use this is where the dad's congressman thing comes in because they clearly use their connections to get the reservation. Not that it mattered in the book, but that's a. Well, they only have two tables. Unlimited bread. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Olive Garden, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, "What decadence! What luxury!" (laughs) And salad too. <laughs> so then they so, they dance uh, at the bar, the restaurant place, and yeah. um, they have you know oh they're 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 swooning for each other, and then there's several weeks where they just keep hanging out and doing shit like staring at the beach in January, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I know it's North Carolina, but it's not going to be like beach weather, is it? I remember saying, like the sea was the color of iron. I'm like that doesn't sound very nice at all. And they read a lot of Bible together, right? They don't read the Bible yet. They read the Bible later on. Yeah, yeah. And then he eventually tells her, he's like, I love you. And she's like, "Mm, about that. (laughs) (laughs) I told you not to do that. (laughs) One rule. (laughs) 
You could have went for the butt. This is my no one eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you can't, you can't love me. And he's like, why not? And she's like, because I'm fucking dying of leukemia. And he's like, holy shit. And then they cry for a long time, which is fair. And <laughs> yeah, per- perfectly fair. Realistic. Though I realized incredible foreshadowing was happening for this no, no, scene. The shadowings were, the sc- were her scans. That's what those are. No, no, no. Oh, no, that's blood. It's when he first scan. goes to visit her uh, at her house. Oh, when he says, we were at the hospital. We were at no, the doctor. No, no, no. This is, this is going to be stupid. And oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes and he says, the house I noticed was small but tidy. The piano and the sofa, blah, 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 blah. On the coffee table, there are books with names like listening to Jesus and faith is the answer. Her Bible was there. It was open to the chapter on Luke. And she would have Luke-emia. <laughs> <laughs> Later in the book. You know, it's it's possible that that's intentional. That, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, now that you say it, it's definitely. Now that you say it, it's really it's really likely that's happened. That he wouldn't have picked that chapter for no reason. Well, because there's no like book of John Chemia. <laughs> <laughs> it was a revelations. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So they they cry and then. Um, and then everyone in town learns because the dad gives a sermon uh, and tells everybody. And they didn't tell anyone because they want to treat her differently. And now everyone's treating her differently. They're like, oh, she was so cool. Ignoring the fact that everyone's like, yeah, that girl's fucking weird for her entire life. She drops out of school. She's like, no, she can't be cool. do school anymore. Because basically around this time is when she's like, the doctor told me I'm going to be fine for a while. And then I'm going to start to die more and he's like, what? And she's like, you'll see. And then she starts, you know, dying of leukemia, which is not good, especially in 1958 when there was essentially no treatment other than luck. <laughs> Does I that mean, count? Kind of. That's it, right? Did they have, like, chemo back then? Or do you, does chemo even work on leukemia? I don't fucking know. I don't know. It's, it's not a good like one. I feel like there's many types of leukemia, and they kind of get around oh, yeah. it when she says, it's a rare type. And he's like, oh, yeah. fuck, not one of those. <laughs> I mean, I knew even, how to treat the other three, but... Uh, <laughs> we can't even explore that in this book now. Just going to close that off. Oh, it's, 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 well, it's they, the they dying do, kind. They do uh, recall the time that her father faith-healed old man Sweeney's deaf ear by invoking the power of Christ and slapping him in the ear. Was it her father or a different preacher? Oh, it was her... I think it was oh, a different it was, one. It was, the la- it was the last preacher. It was, it was like, like a traveling... faith-healer kind of guy. Yeah, like talking to snakes guy. Yeah. Like back when church um, so was like, fun. Maybe, that could, maybe we could do that. And she's <laughs> like, "That's you're stupid. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you're prettier when you don't talk. Um, so now everyone in town knows, and everyone in town is like sad all the time, and they're making their amends with her. And Eric and Margaret, the dumb one, come over, and they cry. And she's like, oh, Jesus, not this again. And uh, they gave her 400 bucks they raised for the orphanage, which is cool. It's not going to buy them parents at this time because <laughs> adoption is still a sin or something. I don't know. But it buys and, them. Uh, it's an indulgence for them being pricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it really is. <laughs> like, oh, we're not Catholics. We're Baptists. <laughs> and then after she gets, you know, she continues to get really sick. And then uh, Landon is like, I've got an idea. I want to marry you because she had said before the thing she wanted most of her life was to be get married and have everybody be there. And so she, he goes to her father and says, can I marry her? And he's like, fuck, why not? And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really, they dropped the F-bomb. It's coming out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> For a preacher. Oh, yeah. It's really unexpected. And then, so they have the wedding and she, at this point... Because she couldn't really even walk, you know, she couldn't. She, she was in a wheelchair bedridden. up to this, up to the, you know, at this point, and because she was really sick, but she summons all her strength and then walks down the aisle, and that to remember, and that was the walk <laughs> to remember because it was yeah. the hardest thing that's ever been done. And then they have the wedding, and and then she immediately dies. No, do they? They, they don't. Talk they don't have dies. sex. No, we just like boom. And that was it. They have the wedding, 
and then it flashes forward and is like, I never got married again. I still wear the ring. Did you never get married? This town smells like my town. I mean, they didn't say that he did, but like, he still, they said he still wears the ring. I imagine it's kind of a weird thing to do. I mean, he could. What was doing? And he's, like, he, he's, doing? he's like, I still love her just like then. I, was like, I mean, he might have gotten remarried, but I feel like it would be a pretty weird relationship at that point. I don't um, see why that would be necessarily weird. I, like I guess. It's not be like you know, like if you if your if your spouse dies and you remarry, I don't. You'd have to marry a psychopath for them to expect you to like renounce it. Like she was a cunt. I never, <laughs> I never meant it. I mean, looking back on it, I mean, <laughs> like that would be crazy. <laughs> but yes, she dies, and it ends because there's no point to any other part of the book. Uh, yeah, but the only other detail in there is that the father, the uh, Landon's father finally shows up and he's and the mom's like go do something and he pulls some strings and then all of a sudden she has the best medical attention 1959 could offer yeah the, the strings called money <laughs> yeah and um it's not enough to save her but it brings landon and his father together finally because it, it, it's like a fucking weird exchange like at the wedding the father says i'm proud of you son and he, and he said and says i'm proud of you too dad See, that was well, the first imp- time I ever said it to my dad. They imply that his dad was kind of a you know piece of shit for the entire book, and he was. <laughs> so you guys, you guys seen the movie? Or are we gonna I saw the movie a long time ago. It's been a long time. I think I, I feel like I watched it again within the last like five years. Uh, yeah, because I remember thinking that the guy's eyes are really far apart. Oh yeah, he's got like a hammerhead shark face. Yeah. Uh, and he was never really in anything else after that. And Mandy Moore is one of our uh, greatest uh, actors and songstresses. So. Well, now that she's in that fucking This Is Us show. Which is basically the same level of like sadness circle jerk that this is. Is it? I never saw it. It just looked like schlock. I've never seen it either, but all I know about it is like it's known for being extraordinarily touching and sad. Like that's what other people, it's like a cry fest. So that's that's all I know about it. Well, they're uh, they're edit, they're uh, ending that. So, uh. so I had I had never seen the movie and didn't know what happened in the book. Uh, uh, this is the kind of movie that I avoided on purpose because I was like, Nicholas it's got Spark Mandy movies? Moore in it. It's gonna be fucking stupid. So I definitely she's 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 been in some legitimately good films. I'm like sure I've one. never Saved seen was great. one of them. Saved was very funny. Uh, but Nicholas Sparks movies, which, you know, it's like a genre unto itself now, though they're basically just Lifetime movies with a different name. They're all the same thing. He's a very simple formula. So of... this was the first one I'd ever read also of Nicholas Sparks. Uh, though, you, you know what? I, I saw part of the notebook and then turned it off. I definitely, that's the most Nicholas Sparks I'd ever actually interacted with. The first part of the book was so stupid. It was like so dumb to the point so where was I was like part. <laughs> not really paying attention. But then, and I didn't, I did not, I wasn't thinking very much. And then it was, and then when Jamie was like, I have cancer, I'm dying. I was like, oh, fuck, that's still pretty sad. God damn it. Even Honestly, though the first is. part was so stupid, I was still sad. And I was like, God damn it, Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> the first part of the book is three quarters of the book. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it was like most of the book. And it's a very short book. And I was like, but I was still sad about it. It's like, how could something this dumb still work? But it, it, it kind of did. It still you know, kind of did. I knew it was coming. And it was still sad. It's like, oh, man, that's a bummer. <laughs> and I knew it from the beginning. I've fucking seen the movie a few times, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's legitimately sad. It's not good when it's sad. It's... I knew better than anybody besides maybe Nicholas Sparks what was coming. And I was still <laughs> very, very sad today on the train when I finished it <laughs> and trying not to cry. <laughs> and uh, it was... Well, it's a, it's a plot to remember. It was an easy plot to remember, um, but it was, I think, I think, I, you know, when I watched, when I had, a, so we should explain why I've seen the movie so many times. When I was in high school, I had a big crush on Mandy Moore when this movie came out. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll admit it. 
Fuck you guys. That's, that's, that's nothing shameful about that. I mean, Listen it's shameful comedy, you had to Jimmy. watch. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I only saw Walk to Remember once. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. And you I listened. still listen to ska music. <laughs> <laughs> so I did today. <laughs> you listen to the other 600 not popular Real Big Fish songs. I, just, I, saw, I saw an article about how, you know, the Boston's broke up last week. No, uh, I didn't know that because broke, no one pays attention to ska. They, but also because uh, apparently Dickie Barrett is a full like, no one's sure, but maybe a big QAnon anti-vax kind of guy now nice he got sucked in over are we surprised he's like a crazy white guy from yeah. boston i'm not surprised i was like oh that's a bummer but it's also not surprising <laughs> where uh, did you go yeah. dicky <laughs> that's, a, that's a boston song name oh i know uh i know you know you i think you have a boston's <laughs> tattoo um yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> so i had a big crush on many more in fact i even employed my fictional sister to purchase this dvd um, at Surrey City, I, occasionally there were things I had to purchase in my life where I didn't want to pretend it was. I, I felt compelled to say it wasn't for me when I bought it, and this was one where I went to buy it and I couldn't find it at the Circuit City. Like, there's no fucking way they sold out of this. So there I had was to ask, no internet then to do it. So no, I mean I would have had to have a credit card. Um, so I went to the guys like, hey, do you have um that? Uh, and I had like, I just like. Really <laughs> shallow to know what thing it was. where like I pretended I was you know that you have that the walk to remember movie. <laughs> My sister wants it. <laughs> like, I don't have a sister. I just made that up. Because I was just a you in a wig douchebag. And um I bought it and I watched it many, 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 many times. Like with the DVD commentary, like all of it. Oh my god, um, why? What was the commentary? It was Mandy Moore. I had to hear what she had to say about it, and it was fucking terrible. Um, it was her and Shane West and um, the director talking about making a movie. Anyway, so I saw the movie a whole lot. This was like sophomore year of high school. Yeah, 2002 the movie came out. So I saw it around 2002, 2003. Watched it a shit ton of times. Did you see it in theaters? No, I did not. I I forget who... I was at someone's house that this was on and I like came in through halfway and I was like, oh, I'll watch this and pretend I care. And by the end of it, I was like, I need to see it again. <laughs> and <laughs> then I watched it a shit ton of times. And then I read the book and uh, have the soundtrack on CD probably. And it was, uh, it was like a, it was a thing, you know, that, you know, the teenagers can get into better. Shit. What's that? Is the movie better? I feel like the movie was better. So they're both shitty. They're both objectively oh, yeah. shitty. That's uh, not good, but better. I, I, because of that, you know, we've talked about the, the, the age where you can't really judge if it's good or not. Like I could look back and say this isn't, this is not very good, but it's still mm. good to me. You know, um, which sounds like an abusive wife talking right now, a, abused wife talking right now. Yeah, he's good to me, um, but <laughs> it's, um, they're bad in different ways. You know, like the movie updates it. They updated it to sell it to to teens and tweens mm. in nineteen two thousand two, so it takes place in the modern day, and they changed some of the plot. Like for example, Landon is more of a prick. He's like a cool guy bully, and because of some mean stunt they do in the beginning of the movie, he has to be in the school play. So it's like a punishment for him to be there. Whereas in the book, it's more like just guilt and trying to not be a prick. And then um, they just kind of like fast, like they just like pile in all the stuff about like how great Jamie is. There like was, there wasn't as much Jesus in the movie. I feel like the character. Well, everyone's fuck. Everyone bullies her. Like they're fucking mean to her. You know, she's she's into a, she has a telescope and she's showing like a one scene. Kids how to make a star a star chart thing or whatever. You know, like that Saran wrap mm. thing where you can find oh, constellations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like one of the other cool dudes walks by and he's like. She's like, you can go see Jupiter or whatever. And he goes, I bet you could see angels up there, right? <laughs> and all the other guys laugh. <laughs> like, there's fucking, for no reason, <laughs> just, you're just mean. And, and then she's like a little sassier. nerd. <laughs> she's a little sassier with them. She's like, and then she like gives that famous misquoted Einstein thing. It's like, you know, Einstein said the more he studied the universe, the more he believed in a higher power, which is not what he said, but no. Uh, 
And then the guy's like, oh, if he's so smart, why doesn't he get you a new sweater? <laughs> he's too busy looking for your brain. Like, it's fucking really corny. It's really terrible. Um, no, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> it's it's really, really, really cheesy. But I just, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, it's bad, actually. It's bad now that I think about it. <laughs> Still watch it once a month, though. I haven't watched it in a long time. I was watching it just a few minutes before we started. So let me go see if I could stream some of this. Because it's only on, like, Tubi or some fucking dumb streaming service. Oh, yeah. So, and I, it's not like I it's have the so DVD. It's so stupid Netflix doesn't want it? I, I guess not. Um, I have the DVD, but, like, who has a DVD player? <laughs> what are we going <laughs> to do with that? So, yeah, I can't really. I, they're bad. They're stupid. The book feels like a young adult novel. But, like, way more Jesus than I was expecting. There's like, more Jesus of, than even, like, Redeeming Love had. But it's, like, generic Jesus. Yeah, like, but... There's never really I'm, any like, stories. Like, Nicholas Sparks stuff isn't really Jesus-y. Well, he's a religious guy, apparently. Is he? Well, apparently this book was based on his sister dying of cancer. Yeah, but it was just, like, the idea of his sister dying. At the time, his sister was already a grown-up. It wasn't like she died as oh, a yeah. child. She actually died after the book came out. Hmm. So it's like Jesus-y, but God, but the, the preacher, God kills his wife, and then his daughter. He's Job. Job? Job. Job. <laughs> Being a preacher is his job. All right. <laughs> no one in the book seems to notice that, though. So. Well, they constantly talk about that shit where it's like, why would God do this? It's like, well, we just have to have faith. Like, that's... That really stops being an answer at a certain point. She's like, I Not wonder why God faith. would have this have this plan for me. It's like, well, you can't know his plans. It's like, it seems kind. Of, even, there's even a point where she talks about the Book of Job, and he's like, it's like, I don't like that chapter. It's really not God at his best. <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting line. He was being kind of a snippy bitch that week. Uh, <laughs> God was a little cranky. It's a classic. It's an American classic, but mostly because of the movie. Which was not very popular. You know, like it was critics shit all over it. And probably, you know, once The Notebook came out, people went back and this one became more popular. Right, because it did come out. I'm basing that on nothing but making things up. That's how books get made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that one, one review called it a walk to forget. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, it must be fun to be able to a reviewer for things and just come up with mean, mean titles. Yeah. It's a Nicholas Sparks book. They're all the same. They're all like tear jerkers, and you use the tears to jerk off. I don't know. Yeah. I'll say this. The thing that made me sad reading it, like watching it as a teen who had a big crush on Mandy Moore, the thing that made me sad was like, oh, she's dying. That's so sad. But reading it as a 34-year-old man... The things that made me sad about it, like, of course I was sad, but I think it made me much more sad was the helplessness that all of the characters felt. That Landon's mother is like, you can't do anything, son. And he's like, I wish there was something I could do. Like, that helplessness, the no, like, the, that made me much more sad. And that's the one thing about the book where I was like, maybe this is, like, it feels like it's for a YA audience at points because it's so simplistic. But I mean, is it is it not? I was, I thought all of his books were were kind of. I never no, really thought man, about it. I guess. For like, they're for like women to read on a beach. You know, like they're. Oh, okay, they're yeah. not. Yeah, I, even though I mean, I don't think it's a difficult reading level, so teenagers could read it. But I don't think it was marketed to teenagers specifically. Not at all. You look at the cover of the book; it's like a fucking. Um, l- leafy path in the woods like it's not the kind of book that a kid's gonna pick up it's someone who read bridges in madison county is gonna pick up that book in 1999 mm. so that's the thing you know it so it felt and i don't know maybe maybe he's a better writer than we're giving him credit for that there's something that a, a young person can get out of it and something that an adult can get out of it uh, i mean but his whole stick is it's the same every time he's like dan brown but with like dying people falling in love yeah it's always, no, it's always um, like they fall read... in love and somebody dies or drowns or something. Right? What was the one with a message in a bottle? <laughs> That's also him. I don't even know that one. This movie with... Um... It's a police song? 
Yeah, I think it's what it is. He wrote the police song? <laughs> no, he wrote da do 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 da 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 and that was adapted oh, into what a great writer. <laughs> hey Sting, just make this a song. Oh, okay. I think that was one with Kevin Cosner was message in a bottle. Okay. And um yeah. and Jenny from Forrest Gump. Um Robin Wright. I think it's just Jenny. Um but anyway, like I've only seen and read this one and I saw the notebook. I know others exist, like Dear John. I know there's a movie oh, and yeah. a book of that, but I don't know what it is. I'm assuming one of them dies or is dead the whole time. But, I mean, he's, this, he's kind of a, his shtick is like appallingly sad romance novels. Man, he has a book called Every Breath. I think he did write with Stang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely has a, a shtick, and it's really... Simple, but you know what? People Sadness like porn. it. People like it's this made a shitload of money, so that means yeah. it's good art. Definitely, <laughs> he sold 115 million books worldwide. That's plus pretty good. the movie rights too. You know, oh, yeah, he must be rich as fuck. Every oh. time you watched a walk to remember, he made a dollar. <laughs> he jerked off. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about the. Uh, he kept saying that on the uh, twenty days, hundred twenty days of Sodom. <laughs> it's like, and after that, the Barkey just side jerked off. <laughs> um, so, better love story. Uh, walk to remember, hundred twenty days of Sodom. <laughs> just you know, as much blood in both. Just as much death. Well, like per capita or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> per proportionally. The relationship lasts longer in 120 days of Sodom. <laughs> like in 120 days. Yeah, that's true. This book is like two months. Tops. It's real fast. Who should read it? The answer in my heart is nobody. But I'm glad I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. If you're a uh, middle-aged lady and need a beach read and don't know what this is about yet after listening to the entire episode, then go ahead and read it. Maybe it's not for the beach. Maybe it's more for like the winter, <laughs> like where you could just sit inside. You're with in a, a cabin, a cup of tea, and oh, some people like sad things. Some people they just they just want to feel the sadness. Yeah, they're called emo kids. <laughs> Dashboard Confessional wrote an entire album, I'm sure, based loosely on a walk to remember. <laughs> it's called all of their albums. Who are calling it? It's one guy. It's all of his albums. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone needs to read it. But also, I think that, Nate, you might have been the last person who did not know the plot to this. Uh, probably, I was it. That was it. I was the last one. And whoever else didn't heard this and now knows it. I can't believe anybody had no idea. It's like it's it's like not knowing that Darth Vader is Luke's dad. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> or that in Jaws, they were going to need a bigger warning. boat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make I, if if Nate watches one movie this year, I hope it's this. I hope it's not this. You know, I, I was <laughs> going to watch it because I was like, you know what? I read the book. We should talk about the movie too. I didn't know, Mike, that you'd already well, seen last it time you watched times. the wrong movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll say one thing: the movie adds that is interesting is, is Mandy Moore. Uh, no, that was great. That made that no. was the whole movie. But yeah. They add the black friend for Landon. Oh, right. He has the like comedic relief black friend who every scene he's in is just to say something like kind of sexist or kind of rude or just like laugh really obnoxious. Is it Tracy Morgan? It's not. It's some guy I'd never heard of, but it's it's basically what he does. Though. I don't even know that would who. Be the, really like, weird. <laughs> looking back on that one, I yeah, like to imagine he's always looked like even, he's in his forties. <laughs> It's a guy that like doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Like for example, in the movie, the play they're doing is written by a student, and uh, well, she's not like, a preacher's daughter anymore, is she? She is the preacher's daughter. It's P- uh, Peter Coyote is her dad, and um, who? Peter Coyote is a real guy, real actor. Um, a man named Peter Coyote. Yes, Dick Wolf from Law and Order. This <laughs> is his brother. <laughs> Um, Dick Wolf was the guy that produced Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dick Wolf. 
Peter Coyote is a real guy. Uh, he's still the he's still like Amazing. that whole that whole plot is the same. Like the or, the the mother died and the mm, single yeah. father thing. But the play is written by the, uh, another kid, and it's like this shitty, like gangster noir story. And there's a part where where Shane West is practicing with his black friend, whose name might very well be Black Friend Number One. Like I don't know what his name was in the film, and I watched it a lot. And he's <laughs> like, he's like, "Damn man, you know Sinatra? Uh, no, he's like, no, De Niro couldn't make this shit work, son." Like. It's like, oh, okay. It's like one of those, or another time he's when, he, when the friend drops off Landon at play practice. He's like, you need to get one of them big booty women like Selena to be in this play <laughs> and do West Side Story. And he just starts singing like Maria obnoxiously. Like he just—that's his only purpose in the film—is this weird comedic relief character. Or uh, yes, when that's when, what the book needed, or to show that relief. time has elapsed at one point. They're standing in the hallway of the school, uh, you know, not ever in class. You have seen this movie a lot. I've seen it a lot. I've not watched it in 15 years. Uh, but I watched it, it like every day brain. for a while. And he's like, he sees a girl walk by in a skirt. Like, Man, that's what I'm talking about. Spring, where those legs been hiding at? Like, he's just like, that's his purpose. It's, that was an interesting addition. It's every 90s high school movie. Yeah, the, the one black guy the black character. Friend. Yeah, remember that in, um, Nate? You never saw this, but not another teen movie. Yeah, I was. Oh, I'm I'm supposed to be the only black guy at this party. Like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Actually, I did see that. <laughs> wow, it's the guy from Save the Last Dance. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, my bad, man. Honest mistake. It's cool. It's cool. It happens. <laughs> they couldn't have that in this book because they still had segregation. Yeah, and it just never totally gets glossed over. The most um, like liberal kind of thing is like, hey, well, at least we didn't drown those orphans when we found them. We'll keep them alive. Though it never says if they're poor orphans. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till the, the meat is tender. <laughs> oh. Adding them up. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch the movie this week. I'm going <laughs> to see how it I'm holds sure up. Will. Research just for the podcast, even though the episode's already recorded. But I don't think anyone needs to read it or watch it, frankly. No. But we did. So thank you for voting for it. And, and we'll see you all tomorrow when we talk about The, the notebook. notebook. If we could remember to. <laughs> We're going to drink we beer until we have far. dementia. <laughs> and if you don't yet have dementia, why don't you tell us what you thought? Send us, send us an email to uh, drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or leave us a review wherever you're listening. By the way, you could leave reviews on Spotify now. And some cocksucker just gave us one stars. Cancel that shit out. Uh, <laughs> really, we'd really appreciate that. And if you really want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. Or follow us on Twitter. Who gives a fuck about that? At drunkguysbc. And you can also join us on Goodreads, uh, where we read other goods. And hopefully before we die young. <laughs> It's too late for uh, all of us at this point, frankly. Especially Nate. (laughs) And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm